0: Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones, and this is episode 100 of the Photography Side Hustle podcast. Okay, so last week I mentioned that I'd be doing a bit of a giveaway, and I'll give you more info on that at the end of the episode. This week's episode comes courtesy of Jeff Smith from Western Australia. He left the message last week, so let's play that now. G'day Andy, Jeff from Western Australia here, and my question is about editing. How do I get started? What are the things that I need to know, and how do I know when an image is complete and ready to be put out there? Thanks, and keep up the good work. Okay, thanks for that, Jeff. Uh, So this week's episode is the basics of photo editing. Now, as a new photographer, editing can be really daunting. It really, it, it seems like there's so much to it, but it's just like anything else in life. The more you do it, the better you get. Now, the beauty of editing photos is if you mess up, you can always start again at the beginning. I'm pretty sure that you want to make money shooting photos, and some of you probably already are, so you need to produce the best images possible. Your customers don't want flat snapshot images that have got no zest to them. They want photos that they couldn't possibly take. They want to be wowed. The only way to give your customers quality photos is to shoot in RAW, and edit the images. Shooting in JPEG and just handing the photos off doesn't cut it. So let's have a look at some editing software. There are lots of options out there, from free to expensive. Now, I'm not going to try and cover all of them right now, because there's probably way more than I even thought there was. I'll give you a a free option, which is called GIMP, G-I-M-P. Strange name, but it's an acronym, I think. It'll allow you to do a good basic edit, but nowhere near as intensive as the paid options. There are some that will edit raw that are free, and you will be able to get a little bit creative, but you'll have to figure that one out for yourself because the paid options use AI, and that is the big difference. So the top options you have to uh, pay for are Capture One, Adobe Photoshop, and Adobe Lightroom. Now, I know there are many other excellent programs out there, but these are the ones that most professional photographers use. So we'll start with Capture One. So this software, Capture One, is produced by a company called Phase One, which is a Danish company. They make camera equipment and very expensive cameras, a lot of aerial cameras that go in planes and that kind of thing. The one that they sell for the studio is a 150 megapixel body. And it's going to cost you north of $50,000. So I really don't see any of those on my Christmas list anytime soon. Now, I haven't had much experience using Capture One. I tried it quite a few years ago. It was okay, but it didn't operate the same way that Photoshop worked at the time. Now, Capture One is going to cost you around $300. And I'm not sure how long before you need to update the license, though. Because if you want to keep getting back up, there, back up. If you want to keep getting updates, you might have to start paying. I'm not sure, I don't know whether you do or you don't, so you'd have to figure that one out yourself. Now, if you shoot in studio, Capture One is known as one of the great tethering tools. It's excellent, meaning that you run a cable directly from your camera to your computer, and you run Capture One, and as you take the pictures in studio, they appear on the screen, which is a great tool to have. And I think the latest version of Capture One offers wireless tethering, so you don't even have to have a wire anymore, you just Bluetooth it directly to your computer. Now Adobe offers the most popular programs in Photoshop and Lightroom, and they are available through Adobe Creative Cloud. It costs me $10 a month for Photoshop and Lightroom together, plus you get a lot of other programs. Uh, One of them is uh, Adobe Rush, very scaled down version of Premiere Pro for doing videos. $10 a month is great for me, I don't have to do a big outlay, and I get constant updates. So let's have a look at Adobe Photoshop. It's an amazing tool, and I use it to make my work easier to sell. It's perfect for adding text and special effects to your images, but it's more suitable for editing one image at a time, which is great if you're touching up photos before you're getting them printed. If you have a batch of, say, a thousand images, and you need them all editing, then you need to be using Lightroom, really. Photoshop isn't aimed at doing multiple, like, large batches. It can, and I used to use it before I got into Lightroom and when Lightroom first came out, but it is very slow work. Now, Lightroom has all the bells and whistles, and it can make editing a 1,000 photos fast and efficient. You can do just about everything in Lightroom, and if you need to, you can continue to edit in Photoshop And then skip back to Lightroom without having to close programs down or anything. It's really well linked together. The new AI selection and masking tools, it's never been easier to edit a photo. The speed that the technology is moving forward is absolutely wild. By this time next year, all this information is probably going to be useless because there'll be like, you'll just open it and there'll probably be a button and you just push it and it just edits them the way you want them. Now, there is another program called Imagine AI. I've spoken about it before in other podcast episodes. And it might be useful to you once you've got editing figured out, not before. Uh, You need to look at it afterwards. Basically, it looks at your photo edits the way that you do them. And once it's set up a personal AI profile for you, it can apply that profile to your Lightroom catalogs. And it only takes half a second to edit one photo, half a second. So if you set up a a Lightroom catalog for uh, a wedding that you've done, you go through, you get rid of all the images you don't want, and then you run Imagine AI. And if you've got 100 images, they're going to be done in 50 seconds, (laughs) which is wild. It's just, it's crazy. Anyway, Imagine AI is something you're going to use once you know how to edit on your own and get a style going. So you need to learn the basics. So now you pick your editing software, you need to start using it. So you're going to start with some simple edits. Now a simple edit is cropping the image if needed. You would do this if the subject is in the middle of the frame and you want them off to the side a little. Next you can address the exposure. Now the exposure can make the photo lighter or darker. Now if you need help deciding what Your image should be like, if you're not sure what the exposure should be, Lightroom has an auto button and it will change the exposure to what it thinks is the best. Just use this as a starting point and adjust it to where you think looks best afterwards. The chances are that the software has got it right, it's not always exactly right and it might not suit your taste. So you just a little bit left or right and you can adjust it yourself, but it is a great starting point. Now, If the whites in your photo have a colour cast, you can correct that by adjusting the white balance. That's another basic edit that you can do. So if you look at your image, say there's a flag in the image and part of the flag is white, but it's actually pinkish or bluish, greenish, whatever tint it's got, you can change it back to white using the white balance tool in Lightroom. The next thing to do is to look for dust spots. These are caused by dust on your camera sensor and they show up in the image as small round blotches or if they're really big dust spots on your sensor they're going to turn up as large round blotches. To remove these you're going to use a healing tool. It's the same kind of tool in Lightroom and Photoshop. Once you've completed these steps you've done the basic edit. So you've cropped the photo, adjusted the exposure and the white balance and removed all the dust spots. Next, try adjusting the contrast. Now, I don't use contrast very often. I used to, but I don't anymore because it adjusts the bright parts of the image. And if it's set too low, the photo will look flat like this. It's like it's got a a transparent green filter over it. It it just looks awful. So if you're going to use contrast, just use it very slightly. For all the other settings, try them and experiment with them. If it improves the look of the photo, great. Keep it like that. Just remember that if you use too much of one setting, it's going to cause a problem with another setting. So too much sharpening will make the image grainy. Then you're going to try noise reduction that will reduce the graininess and you're going to lose detail in the image. So instead of pushing the sharpening slider all the way to the right, just move it to, say, number 10 instead of going all the way to the right and 150 just a little of everything is what you need now the same goes for all the settings experiment with them and find out what you can do with them at first photos might end up looking a bit extreme but you'll soon find out what pleases you now a preset gives the photo a certain look or effect and you can buy these personally i i won't buy them you've no need you can make your own because it's just a file that has all the settings that someone used to make an image look a certain way. So if you edit an image and you really like the result that you've got, you can save those settings as a preset and give it a name that you're going to remember. And then you can use it on all the photos that you're working on. Now this can speed up your editing and give your photos a similar look. There are lots of presets that come with Lightroom. And other programs too, have presets. Other photographers sell their own, like I said, which personally I wouldn't buy them, but you might really like the way someone does something. And if it's 15 bucks, buy the presets and then alter them to where you need them. Treat a preset as a starting point so that you can alter it a little bit yourself. Now, the downside of presets is you don't want to make all your images look the same from session to session, and some people do. So treat each session that you shoot differently. Not all locations have the same color range, light's different, there's all sorts of things that are different. So using a wedding preset that works well with lots of white in the scene, won't work in a location that has very little white. It'll just make it look odd. So only use presets sparingly. So let's say you've just done a portrait shoot. So you work on the first few images and you come up with the settings that you like on those images then you just, from those settings, make a preset. When you go to the next images in that, from that session, you just use your preset, and it will speed everything up. It'll be incredible. Next, we've got selection tools and masking tools. Now, all the edits that I've just been talking about are general edits, meaning that you're working on the whole image. Now, Lightroom allows you to just select specific parts of a photo to work on. So when you use a mask in Lightroom, the AI automatically knows when there are people in the image. But it doesn't just stop there because it gives you the option to pick out which person you want to work on. Then when you picked a person, it gives you the option to create an individual mask for get hold of this one. It lets you choose to work on their hair, their facial skin, their body skin, their eyebrows, lips, pupils even the whites of their eyes so you end up with eight separate layer masks that you can edit you can break it down to eight layers or you can just work on the person as a whole but when you work on the layers you can change the skin you can change everything you can even edit the background and the sky or any part of the image can be picked out and i mean absolutely any part can be picked out deleted whatever you want you you can do it now in Lightroom. So learning how to use the mass feature is crucial to creating images that your customers are going to want. Again, if you don't like the result, you can go back and start again. Now, when you pick a photo to work on and edit, make a copy of it to work on. Now, you do this in Lightroom by clicking Photo and then create a virtual copy. Or you can right-click on it if you're using Windows. Uh, I can't remember what it is in, on a Mac you right click and then click on create a virtual copy so it's either click on the menu photo and then down to virtual copy or right click and create a virtual copy and this will create an absolute carbon copy image you work on the copy and if it doesn't work out you can either hit reset there's a button down on the right right hand corner that says reset you can reset it and it will go back to how it was when you started or delete it and make another virtual copy to work on So the easiest of the three things that Jeff asked is, how do you know when you've finished editing an image? And the simple answer is, you stop editing when you like what you've got. If you're happy with it, that's it. You're doing this for you, not for anyone else. This is your style. And you do your style like no one else. So when you're happy with it, that's fine. You're done. You start the editing process by cropping the image if needed. Correct the white balance, again if needed. Remove any dust spots and correct the exposure, if it needs to be done. Now there is one thing to think about here. If the image has bright areas and dark shadowy areas, changing the exposure might not work for part of the image. So you'll get the lighter areas correct, but the dark areas will be just jet black. You can try and lighten up the dark areas, the light areas will get darker. So... If this happens, you use the mask tools to work on specific areas of the image. And it's really that simple. You're editing the exposure in different parts of the image. So an awful lot of images are not evenly exposed across the whole image. you need to do something about it. And the mask tools really help with that. And again, when you're happy with the result, your edit is finished. Your likes and your dislikes with photos are going to change over time and so will your editing so if you're looking at some old photos and you really like the image, the pose, the composition, everything about it you like but you don't like the way you edited it you can re-edit them you can go back to the original raw file and do an edit again if you want to so don't be afraid of experimenting you don't know what you're capable of until you give it a go okay, I think that covers everything Uh, If you have any questions, you can contact me through the Facebook group or Facebook Messenger, and there's a link in the show notes for that. Okay, now let's have a look at this giveaway. Now, my initial thought was to just give one prize, and then I was thinking maybe one prize and a second prize, but whatever I looked at wasn't available in all countries where the podcast is downloaded. Now, I I know I can't please everyone, but I didn't want to do it just for North America, just for Canada and the US, even though that is where most of the downloads come from. I wanted everyone to be included. So if you're outside of North America, I will try to find a similar product at a similar price point. But if I can't, you will get an Amazon gift card for the amount instead. If you win and you're in Australia and New Zealand, you're probably going to get a gift card because I cannot believe how much you guys have to pay for stuff on Amazon, which should be cheap and it is far from cheap. It's pretty much double what it is in Canada, which is absolutely crazy. So the first four that are going to be picked out and they are going to be picked out by Anna, i there's going to be a mailing list. And if there's a hundred people on the mailing list or 50 or whatever, I'll get Anna to pick out numbers in between one and a hundred, say, if there's a hundred people, first one out gets the first prize, you know, that kind of thing. So, so it's fair. All right. So the first four that are picked out will receive a 5-in-1 32-inch reflector, and the next four will get SD memory card cases. The 5-in-1 reflectors are in, it comes in white, silver, gold, black, and transparent. If you're outdoors and you're shooting a portrait, you can use the white, silver, or gold reflector to remove any shadows. So let's say you're getting shadows under your subject's chin. If you have the subject hold a white reflector horizontally At waist height, but out of the frame, so that you're not taking a picture of it, basically, the sunlight will bounce off the reflector and light the areas that were in shadow. Now, if you do the same with the silver reflector, you'll get a lot more light than the white, but the light will be a little bit harsher. If you use gold, you will get a softer glowing light. So black will stop any reflection, or it can be used to block light that's coming in. So if it's a bit too bright on the side of someone's face, you can have a a helper or someone else in the party to hold the black, well it's, it's called a reflector but it's not when it's black, um, to hold it between the, the sun and the subject and it'll stop the light getting onto them. The transparent reflector can be used as a diffuser because it's transparent. If you get an assistant or someone from the party to hold it up between the sun and the subject's face, instead of strong harsh light you'll get much softer light and if you're using a flash you can shoot through the Material to diffuse the light on the subject. Because of that, you can use all of these in the studio to the same effect. It's a great tool to have. The SD card cases hold 12 SD cards, and they're small enough to keep in your pocket. They're water resistant, shockproof, and they'll save your cards from any damage. So go to photographysidehustle.com. There's a link in the show notes. Entries will close on April the 21st at midnight eastern time that's here in Canada and the US so you've got approximately 12 days depending on where you live of course right then I think that's it for this episode I'll be back next week bye for now